Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huckinson Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Comfsey.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I've entitled this The Retail Dilemma. It just doesn't go away. It's been brewing for a long time. I got a, a very nice detailed question off Instagram. Basically, not complaining, but just the dilemma of the disruption and even some violence in some of these Target, Walmart stores. It's a problem, especially with violence. Even without violence, it's a problem. And it seems like the tactics that have been tried to alleviate the problem have not worked to this point. I've got some ideas. But anytime you can flip, as the question states, if you can flip for 10x, a lot of people are going to be in for that. It seems like very easy money. I think there's some things that collectors can do, some things that the card companies can do, and some things that these retailers can do to improve the situation. So let me give you my thoughts on that. In the current situation, this is rational behavior. This is not abnormal psych. This is rational behavior. It's too good a deal. If you can make 10 times your money or even 20 times your money, even five times your money, it's easy money, literally a sure thing. If you get in and get out, if you're able to get the stuff, it's not illegal. Well, in many cases, it's not illegal, but this is another aspect of the jump and pump that I've talked about. It is pump and dump too, but you're jumping and there's a lot of bragging and flexing about how you got this uh, retail product at SRP and then can flip at uh, 5X, 10X, 20X. And that's just telling people, hey, this is a great deal. And so the more you're spreading your good fortune, you're encouraging other people to join in and, and compete with you. And it, it apparently gets nasty. I, I'm actually not going to compete in that arena. I've got other ways I can compete and enjoy the hobby. I said it's rational behavior. Well, ra the emphasis might be on ration because what's trying to be done here is rationing out uh, a scarce product, which is what economists study. It's exactly what the NFTs are doing, making it hard to get. It's, it's a proven market strategy to make the product uh, be scarce. But again, this game of buying low and selling high is just too profitable. It's the main driver of this retail dilemma is that you, you can buy something for very cheap that you can sell for a lot more. That is, if you can find it. The, the first solution, obviously, is increasing the SRP, what it costs at the Walmarts and the Targets to get it. But you don't want to increase the SRP too much. But I think even you know, increasing at 50%, if you go the $20 things or $30, that's going to cut these flippers' profit margins. Uh, again, at 20x, they don't care. At 10x, maybe at 5x, it starts to make them think. And 4x, doubling your money is no longer a great deal if you're going to stand in line and buy something at, at 30 that you can only sell for 40 or 50 even with the cost of your time and, and the hassle. On the side of selling that when they flip it, it's hard to control what people are going to sell things for. If they're going to put it on eBay or break it, that's a separate deal. It doesn't matter what the cost was. It's a, a sunk cost. You have this product, and if you can sell it for more once you have it, then that's profit-driven. Some people in the hobby get almost toward addiction, which means it gets in the way of uh, doing your regular life. The main way that uh, counselors talk about dealing with addictions is to replace that unhealthy addiction with a healthier one. But healthier does not mean necessarily more profitable because this already is a very profitable addiction. And it can be destructive if we get into some of this violence and other problems that we have. But we don't want to go back to the junk wax era where, where product was omni-available. We don't want that. If it's too easy, people typically want what they can't readily get. Okay, silver linings. There are some silver linings here. There's concern that kids are priced out and even big kids are priced out. But there's one silver lining, a kids, even big kids, you need to find some other alternatives because this retail, it's a sure thing if you can buy it, but you're going to make a lot of empty trips 
to a lot of big box retailers and come up empty-handed. So consider your local card shop, card shows, ComC, any of the alternatives for buying cards. Facebook. Second silver lining, some of these opportunistic adult retail buyers who are flippers may actually turn into or grow into long-term hobbyists. I don't think that's uh, beyond question, and I hope that's the case. I can see this is a very robust hobby. That could be an approach that some people take. Thirdly, I think another silver lining is this is called into question, at least for me, the assumption that casual hobbyists don't care what they buy. They just want something to open. I'm not sure about that. I think, in truth, many more of these casual hobbyists, as we call them, there's product differentiation knowledge that's, uh, I believe, way more pervasive and widespread than we think. People talk and people brag about not just that they got cards, but what cards they got, what brand, what sport. And so I think a lot of these people going into the Walmarts and the Targets are looking for cards, but uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's more than we think that are going in to buy something. And that makes them not a casual hobbyist. They're looking for Prism or they're looking for some particular Tops product that's important to them. Another silver lining, most of these smash and grabs at the local card shops, I don't condone that in any way, but I note they're not taking expensive slabbed uh, rookie cards. They're taking (laughs) boxes. And it can be violence, but it's violence in the sense of breaking windows and breaking down doors and not threatening lives. I would really hate to see uh, loss of life. That would be really upsetting and would actually bring about some change pretty quickly. Okay, lastly, potential solutions. I've got, I think, six here. One is, I've already, I won't go into great detail on this, but the kids' product idea of one overproduced product for each league, each card company, with kind of continual shipping. You can't, it would never sell out. You just keep producing it so people aren't going to go to the Walmart to buy something to, to wipe out the shelf when the next week the shelf will be restocked with the same overproduced product. That would be there for the kids Number two, I really strongly encourage, and I think they're trying to do this, but every these big box retailers need to make sure that everything intended to be for sale does get to the retail shelves. It's not fair if it doesn't. I'm totally against, to me, that's at least unethical and maybe even illegal to be buying out the back door. Number three, uh, I like the idea of when I am at Walmart for other things and I look on those shelves, I don't see what's sold out. I'd like to know what used to be there. I'd like to know what products. Uh, what happens is I'll see uh, certain products that are stale, that are from a couple years ago, that were not popular products, other non-sports kinds of things, but I don't know what's sold out. So if they were to leave an open space, which is anathema to the retail shelves, but if the shelf was empty and there was a placard there that said, this is what was sold out, you'd know, maybe that's one of the products I need to be looking for next time I'm there. That empty space is a a very powerful visual indicating the velocity of the sales. That's what's selling. There's still some baseball, some football. Actually, I haven't seen much basketball at all. I've seen some baseball, some football, but they're products that are just not held in high regard. Number four. A potential solution, really like the idea of the limit of one box per person. And I know that probably doesn't work that great. Some person brings their family. I actually have no problem with that. If somebody's willing to stand in line uh, at eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning and they have five people with them and they can get five or six boxes in total, one per, then I really have no problem with that. There's nothing illegal about it. It's a big family. But what I would like to do, though, is I'd like to add two things to that. I don't know that they'll do this because of the friction involved in both cases, but I'd like to see these Walmarts and Targets get a photo ID of anybody that's buying cards and make it like they're buying alcohol. I'm going to need to see your ID. They'd make a photocopy of it, and then maybe they just make a stack of them and provide them for the distributor uh, or whoever's stocking the shelves to see. That, that might slow down if you knew who was buying. Secondly, it's a little friction, but if it was take a number, 
that you come in, you get in the queue, you get a number and you go shop somewhere else. But when they call your number, you come up, you get your one box per person. But if you come up when your number is called and they're sold out of what you wanted, then you get a number ticket to go front of the line for the following week. And you might not be number one in line, you might be two or three, but you'd have a better chance the next week at a certain prescribed time for when they come in, because I think it's pretty regular. I think if there was a consolation, if you didn't win this week, you'd go at the head of the line the next week. That would be an encouragement, again, for the Walmarts and the Targets, for somebody to come back and do some more shopping. Number five, I think there's an opportunity for the card companies to institute a direct-to, quote-unquote, new consumer program so that they could go to the website to thwart the bots. And these would probably be blaster-type things and not hobby boxes, but some kind of consumer program where uh, a new collector could get some kind of a configured retail box. But again, they'd have to show their photo ID. So the card companies would know not just who their customer is, but they'd have a little bit more information on the customer. If they were getting repeat business from the same person, the same ID, they would say, no, you need to go into the dealer program. This is for new consumers. And lastly, I've always thought, and I think there's some things that are doing this, but I think each company could start a sports-specific subscription box program, one random blaster a month. You could say, I want to get a different blaster every month from basketball from Panini. I want to get a hockey blaster from Upper Deck, one a month or one a quarter, whatever it be. You could decide what you wanted. Again, this is for new customers mainly, but that'd be hard to police. But if you're getting their name and address and there's some shipping and handling, which might seem high, but again, if these are products that you can immediately quintuple your money, then paying uh, 10 bucks for postage is not a big deal on a $20 item if you can sell it for 50. And I actually like the idea of a sports-specific subscription box. If there was a 20 or $30 a month program that Panini, Tops, and Upper Deck each had, and they'd rotate it somewhat. You couldn't call your shot. You can say, hey, I only want Prism, or I only want Optic, or I only want Select, or I only want Heritage. Maybe there'd be some choice, but ideally, you'd be getting a representative group from that uh, company. Be careful what you wish for or pray for, because if we didn't have a retail dilemma, that dynamic element, the buzz... Yeah, we just need to rein it in. It, when there's violence, when there's illegal activities, that's over the line. But the profits are pretty obscene if you're there at the right time. And this leaving some behind for the next guy, and that sounds great, but it's just not going to happen on these products that are automatic big winners. I like the photo ID. I like limits of one box per person. And I like companies uh, going out of their way to bring in uh, new consumers, especially younger new consumers, with some kind of an opportunity to buy direct and uh, again subscription box. I think that'd be cool. That's it. Thanks, uh, my Instagram friends, for the excellent question. And uh, I will be back again tomorrow with another episode.